Hi there, this is Pastor Ronnie Allen here at Omega Church. I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. If this is your first time listening, we want to say thank you for joining us. We hope this message equips you to follow God's voice. We believe that if you're searching, today your search is over. Thanks for being with us and enjoy. Pastor said, my, my name is Richard and I'm going to talk to you about two things today. I'm going to talk to you about time and influence. Time and influence. I'm going to take you through a little bit of math. So, but don't worry, I did all the calculations for you. Okay, so we're going to start at the top up here. And we're going to assume that a kid sleeps around eight hours a day. Give or take, okay? So in the next box there, in the 20, if there's 24 hours in a day minus the eight hours sleeping, then he's awake or she's awake for about 16 hours in a day. So over here on the left side, so if there's 365 days in a year and, if, and times year one through year 18 of a child's life, the child would have, would have been on the earth 6,570 days. Okay? So going to the right, of those 6,570 days, if he's awake for 16 hours, then she or he is awake for 105,120 hours by the time they're 18 years old. Okay? Now go over to the left there. The average child will spend about six hours in a school day for about 180 days a year. So of those 180 days, and if we multiply that by six hours a day, then they're, they're, they're in school 1,080 hours per year, okay? 1,080 hours in kindergarten, maybe pre-K, maybe starting at three years old. But we're just going to say, we're just going to say kinder through 12th grade. All right, next time. So if they're in school for 180 hours for 13 years, that's kindergarten through 12th grade, and they're 18 years old, they, they would have spent 14,040 waking hours at school. 14,000 hours of time and influence. Of those 14,000, and if we multiply it times their waking hours, I mean, if we divide it by their waking hours, it's 13.36% of their time. 13% of their life from five years old till 18 years old are spent with, with other people's influence over that time. Okay? All right, now I'm going to switch gears about something else. And I'm going to add to that May or may not, you know, it's important nowadays because of these things. Okay. I like to, my wife and I, we'll go out to you. I like to, I like to watch people. I'll just go and watch people. I say, check them out over there. Check them out over there. Right. Everybody's sitting at the table, right? Mom, dad, the kids, everybody's like this. Right. You see them in the stores, right? You see them in the stores, in the shopping cart. The average person, we'll say 10 years old. It's probably a lot sooner than that, right? The average person will get, will get a device in their hand when they're about 10 years old. Right? And, and the average person spends about four hours a day, 365 days a year, 
on a device. Could be a TV, could be your phone, right? And so that's 1,400 hours a year. And let's just say, because we said only 10 years old, from 10 to, to a senior in high school, 10 to 18, that's going to be eight years. For eight years, they would have spent 11,000 hours on that device. So, so that 11,000 hours time divided by 24, they would have spent 486 days of their life looking at the screen. Okay, I'm almost done. So let's just put all that together, right? 14,000 hours school hours, uh, 11,000 hours on the phone, 105,000 waking hours, and we're going to go down here to the bottom. 140 times that number divided by would give 24%, almost a quarter of their life, one-fourth of their life from kindergarten through high school senior being influenced by something other than you or your church. Because we, we here are building something unique and that we are going to unite with God-given responsibility you have as families, as grandparents, as uncles, as mentors over the lives of kids that God has put in your hands. We're going to unite the school with you. And then, of course, with our home church as well. So go to the last slide. I think that's it. Yeah. So that's what I wanted to share about that influence and the opportunity that we have to invest. And it's not about me and mine. Well, I don't have. Kids. It's not about me and mine. It's about the generational influence. It's about the generational influence that's going to take place that a hundred years from now, people can look back and talk about what was done and how it changed generations of young people. Thank you, Pastor. We'll be getting more with you on on uh, the timelines as this unfolds, and it's going to start unfolding very quickly, pretty pretty soon. I want to say this: God chose. People don't understand why God chose Abraham in the Bible. God chose Abraham because God says, "I know that He will teach His children's children after Him." Teaching is your responsibility not the government. Are you following me? Secular humanism wants you to think teaching belongs to government and you're there to pay for it. And in reality, it's not that way. Now, there's a lot of good people that have been swept up into that influence and it's the wrong influence. It's not a biblical one. So that's why we're doing what we're doing. Today, when you give your tithe, you're giving it because you believe in this ministry. You believe in the teachings and the trainings that you get here. 
Number two, when you give your offering today, you're believing in the future direction that we're going in to influence not only you that are here, but future generations. Okay? I, I, you know, I don't know how much time I have left. Let's see. 32 years, because I always said 100. The last portion of my life is going to be thinking about what's going to transpire after I leave. Are you following me? This is very important. Should Jesus tarry, the church needs to be impactful, no longer be a religious activity. That's why I'm hounding you about voting. That's why I'm talking about education. There are other areas we could talk about business and so on and so forth. These are, er these are mountains that God told us to possess. Not, not the heathen. God told the church to possess. And that's where we're headed. So today when you give your tithes and your offerings, I want you to worship God, thinking that all of our needs, yours individually and this ministry, as we move forward and make provision to possess this territory, that God's going to supply the finances, the right people, the right information. Are y'all following me? Yeah. So I want you to thank God with me. So when you give today, this is not a pressure. This is all about willingness. All right? I'm going to pray. As I pray, you can bring it up here. If you've given online and you're here today, come and touch the bucket. If you've given, given through all of the processes that we give, you that are viewing by live stream, we don't want to leave you out whatsoever. We want to include you as well in what we're doing. And by the way, there are many people that are not here today that through the live stream they have given. And I want you to know that God is, in, is absolutely drawing people to what God is wanting us to do here. All right? Father, we worship you. We praise you for the opportunity that you have given us. We return our tithe today. We give our offerings. We thank you, Lord, for what you've already done. We thank you for the provision that you've given us here so that we can hear the uncompromising word of God. But we also thank you, Father, for the territory that you want us to possess. We're preparing ourselves. We're making ready for you to come in. King of glory, come in to the educational system of our generation. We invite you in. And Father, we thank you right now for every parent, every guardian, every mentor. We thank you, Father God. We pray right now that they are, they've taken their responsibility and they've taken it on with a glad heart. We're going to train them up in the way they should go so that when they get older, they won't depart from it. Thank you for every mother and father here today. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that help is on the way. They've struggled and they didn't know how to overcome this, but the church of the Lord Jesus is uniting together to 
to aid them in training up their children. We give you the praise and the thanksgiving for our opportunity, and we're going to seize the moment. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God's good. Now, uh, we're going to dismiss our 180. That's 180 is our small groups for our, our teenagers. We thank God for all of our teenagers, and God is influencing them. Amen. And they're going, they are being influenced, and they're influencing as well. I'd like for every man to make sure you do this today. I did it, started last Sunday. If you're a man in this church, I expect, without a doubt, that you will take care of business today, go to the host team in the lobby after the close of the service and give me your contact information so I can text you or email you or both because it's time that God is laying upon my heart that the men take their leadership role. I didn't say dictatorship. I said leadership. Big, big difference. Big, big difference. So I, we, 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 it's time that we, we get this, all right? So we're going to be calling on you. He said, oh, Brother Ronnie, I don't know. Yep, yep, yep. We're going to be calling on you. The day of slackness is over. All right. I love y'all. I got to say this up front before I get started. <laughs> Glory to God. Uh, Guys up there in the sound booth, I thank you for your patience with me. Can you go with me to 1 Timothy? I don't know if I've given you that, but I, I told you all a certain direction, and it's okay if I deviate just a little bit. 1 Timothy. And we're going to talk part two, grow and glow. Everybody say grow and glow. Y'all didn't get that backwards, did you? Some people are trying to glow when they haven't growed. <laughs> First Timothy. Chapter number four. I think it's important that we understand and discern the moment by which we, uh, in the moment we live in. Some people don't discern it because they, they're so exasperated, they're, they're frustrated, trying to just deal with everyday life. And uh, they're coming here to get aid, to just get through the day. And I get that. But your day is difficult because of the times we live in. 2 Timothy, which we're not going there, 2 Timothy tells us that we live in perilous times. That word perilous means difficult, troublesome times. That is designed by the devil to make it hard on you, so you, you always have to keep your nose to the grindstone, so to speak. You ever heard that phrase? Anybody ever? Nobody? I, I was... I remember one of my biology teacher told us that in class one day. And I think it was biology. It was one of the classes. I remember exactly who it was. And she said, 
we're going to have to, we was trying to stay on schedule, and she said, we're going to have to put our nose to the grindstone. And I, I'm, I'm, you know, my last name's Allen, so I'm in the front desk. I wasn't up there by choice. Okay. And, and I, I, I blurted out real quick. I said, Mrs. Chase, my nose is already raw. She burst out laughing, <laughs> had the whole class laughing, but it was true. <laughs> so we, got, we keep our nose, it's designed to keep your nose to the grindstone and not look, look up and see what God's doing and what God wants to do. And, and, and instead, we're just wanting God to help us instead of God saying, you'll get the help that you need when you start doing what I want done. That, hallelujah. You should say amen to push that over to your neighbor. Here in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 4, listen carefully to this. Now the Spirit, talk about the Holy Spirit, speaketh expressly or plainly that in the latter times, the latter times, shall some depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And he goes on there and it tells us what some of these doctrines are. Uh, forbidding to marry, commanding to abstain from meat. You know that the secular humanist of our generation now is trying to make a movement for us not to eat meat. You got to discern the times. There's a whole movement out of the globalist to try to get you not to eat meat. To try to get you to eat something that they, they say is a meat substitute. Because after all, we got to change the climate because the more cows we have, the more gas they let off, and it changes the climate. They believe this stuff. This is, this is, their, this is their religion. We live in that time. Now, I'm only pointing that one thing out. That one thing. Okay? Okay? You say, well, we laugh at it here because you know better. Why do you know better? Because you look at the Bible. But people that don't look at the Bible, people that sometimes just call, get up with casual religious activity, they are blindsided by this because they don't know the truth. You cannot know the truth apart from Jesus and His Word. You cannot know it. And so now people are being blindsided. People are falling prey to this. In fact, you know, we had Burger King and all of them have their meatless burger. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying you shouldn't go on a vegetable diet. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about them forbidding you to eat meat. Just because it satisfies their belief. That's what we're talking about. 
Are you following? We live in that time period. Some people, even some Christians, will argue with you about this. And he goes on to say that you shouldn't forbid people to eat meat because, well, let me just read it. I wasn't going to read it, but let's just read it so you'll know. And commanding to abstain from meats, verse 3, which God created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe, having the right belief, and know the truth. So they want to impose their religion on you. Now, the reason why I'm saying that to you is you're going to be bombarded with this. Okay? You're going to be bombarded. Everybody say bombarded. bombarded. It's going to be repeated. And let me tell you, this is Pete and repeat. You will eventually believe something if it's repeated to you often enough and you see everybody else doing it. Okay? You'll start thinking it's all right because everybody's doing it. Jesus forewarned this and he says, broad is the way that leads to destruction. Straight and narrow is the way that leads to life. So how do I discern? Everybody say discern. If there is one thing that the body of Christ needs in this generation is discernment. Because he said in the last days there would be people that would depart from the faith because they gave over to seducing spirits. Now, how many of you understand a seducing spirit is a spirit that's trying to entice you with a lie, making it look like or feel like the truth. Even if it has to, uh, how would I say it? Make you feel ashamed because you're not doing what everybody else is doing. Are y'all following me? And if we don't grow in the word of God, you'll never discern. I did not put this down either, so do the best you can. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 4, because I quote these sometimes, and I don't think people believe they're in the Bible. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the word of God is quick. That doesn't mean the word of God is speedy Gonzalez. It means the word of God is alive. It's an old English word. The word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit. Only the word of God can divide your soul from your spirit. And of the if you stay in the word of God. Number two, he'll not only give you understanding about your own thoughts and intents, but he'll also help you to discern the thoughts and intents of others that influence your life. Are y'all following me? Now, I'm talking to you, I'm teaching you today. If, you, if you're wise, you'll learn. 
a pastor, a pastor, you have to know what a pastor is. We know the great shepherd is Jesus. Everybody with me? But a great, a good shepherd will feed you with knowledge and understanding. You follow? And a pastor smells like sheep. Hello? A shepherd smells like sheep. Oh, Jesus, help me. That means he's been around the sheep and demonstrated the direction to go. Sheep follow the shepherd. None of this is in my notes. Sheep follow the shepherd. I'm I'm saying this for a reason. You herd cattle, but you lead sheep. I went to a church growth conference one time. And I thought, this is not right. These people made this statement that we have to herd like cattle. And I thought, you ignoramus. That ain't exactly what I said. If you're going, if, if, a, if a pastor is really called by God, they're going to, they're going to follow the great shepherd and they are going to smell like sheep, and they're going to be known of the sheep. Now pay very close attention to what I'm going to say. God wants numbers because He's he's interested in individuals. So He wants to reach the multitude. Are you understanding? But true pastors exemplify. And they don't pressure anyone. They may encourage, but they don't pressure. They lead. I want to make sure you understand that they lead. Now why am I saying that? Because in the last days there are going to be people that will depart from the faith because they've given over to seducing spirits. Do you know what a seducing spirit is? A seducing spirit does just that. It's very seductive. Now you can be seduced, and of course we know that 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 covers sexuality. We understand that. But here's the other aspect. Seduction does not have to just be confined with sexuality. You can lust for power. 
That's why it's very important. You're not seeking an office. You're seeking servitude. It can happen in churches. People want a title. They love titles. They love titles. And so they'll go, listen carefully. They may go where they think they can get appointed a title. Not where God appointed them. Real quiet. I'm talking to you by experience. I know exactly what I'm talking about. This is not something that I... Listen. Mm-mm-mm. Zona, you need to bail me out. You and God both. <laughs> I'm telling you this because of the times we live in. This is not the time. You, the Bible says to know those that labor among you. You cannot know your leadership. You cannot know them if you can't be around them. Let me go back to what I used Wednesday night. Everything. I don't care what it is. Who it is. Everything goes through the test of time. This is not a sprint. This is a marathon. You have to know those. The only way you can do that is through time and consistency. Everything in your life is going to be proven by time and consistency. You know, I, I make this statement. The proof of the pudding's in the eating. You can say you make great pudding. It may look like pudding. But if you're not willing to eat it yourself, don't give me any. Are you following? Why is this important? It's very important. You cannot deviate from the Word of God. You cannot compromise the Word of God. And, it's, and, it, and, and stay in faith. Hallelujah. What is the discerner? What is the discerner? Talk to me. I just read it to you. What is the discerner? Oh, my goodness. Hebrews 4.12. The word of God is a discerner, is the discerner of the thoughts and the intents. And he uses time and consistency to prove or disprove that the belief that you have believed is either true or false. Time will prove it. When I get up here and make a statement, and people looked at me like, that's a long time. 
I had somebody the other, the other day tell me, I have my fifth anniversary. I just passed my fifth anniversary, Pastor Ronnie. I tell people, give me five years of your life diligently. Everybody say diligent. I'm not talking about casual. Anybody can be casual and call it five years. I, I'd like to see you be in the uh, armed forces casually. <laughs> they demand of you your whole whole being. <laughs> five years of your life. Why? 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 That's a long time. Really? It took you your lifetime to screw everything up, and all I'm asking is for five years to straighten it out. And I'm not talking about five years to me. I'm talking about five years to the calling on me, the message that I'm preaching. Because the same message that straightened me out can straighten you out. And believe me, that message is still being trained. I'm still being trained and taught by it. Zona makes sure of it. Before Zona came along, it was my mother. You know what she used to tell me? This is amazing. My mother didn't have, she went to the fourth grade. And most people wrote her off. Because she didn't have no higher education. They wrote her off. One of the most wisest women I've ever seen in my life. You know what she told me? I guarantee she told me once, she told me a hundred. Everything that glitters is not gold. You have to discern. Discernment can... <laughs> I remember that. You remember that, Odell? Yes, sir. Oh, man, more than once. I, I'm sharing this with you to help you to understand something. It's going to demand some maturity in us in order for us to be what God wants us to be. Oh, man. I did not. You, I, I promise you, I'll let you look at all my notes. None of these verses are on here. The spirit of man in Proverbs chapter 20 verse 7 is the candle of the Lord. The spirit of man. Proverbs 20, 27. And Jesus said in Mark chapter 4, be careful what you hear. Be careful what you're listening to. What's the source of your information? I'm going to say it a different way. What is the source of the news video? It's because you biblically, if you be caught up, be on the wrong side of this thing when it comes down. Okay? Now, I know that this sounds like a warning to you. It is. It is a warning to you. I want you to understand what we do here is serious for the moment. This is not religious activity anymore. Jesus was telling his disciples, be careful what you hear. And then in Luke chapter 8, he not only tells them, be careful what you hear, he tells them to be careful how you hear. 
In other words, some, some people might be listening today to me and they're, and they're saying, oh, yeah, 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 sure, sure, sure. Well, that's how you're hearing me. You think I'm just ranting. He said, be careful how you hear. Because he says in both places, how you measure something will be measured back to you again. So if I'm just letting half-truths or even downright lies, I'm listening to them repeatedly over and over again, that's how I begin to measure everything in my life. And once I measure it out, it comes back to me again. Are you following me? How I hear what you're, how you're hearing this morning is how you're going to measure what's being said. And that's how it's going to be metered back or measured back to you again. You follow? Now listen carefully to this. Remember Proverbs 20, 27. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Okay? God designed your candle to be your spirit. Your candle. Okay? Now, how many of you know that this candle gives off no light? This candle's not giving off any light. It has potential. Everybody say potential. What does this light, what would this candle have to have? It has to be lit. Okay? It has to have a flame on it, right? Okay. Listen. To Proverbs 24, 20. The candle of the wicked shall be put out. The candle of the wicked shall be put out. That means the potential of their spirit to be lit by God, to give light to their life, is there. And if it was lit, and they believed the wrong thing, then that candle will be snuffed out. There is right and wrong believing. And whatever I believe, whatever you believe, is how we view things. If I believe a lie, then I am going to guide my whole life out of holding that lie to be true. If I hold a lie to be true, the lamp, or I mean the flame, is put out on my candle. Are you, are you hearing this? It's put out. It has the potential to give me light, but it doesn't believe the truth. And because it doesn't believe the truth, it cannot give me light. Listen to what Jesus said. Continue in my word, you'll know the truth, and the truth will do what? What does it make you free from? It makes you free from a lie that keeps you in bondage. Are you following along? And I know that, they, I, I, I know that I'm kind of talking to you, I'm kind of talking to you like a drill sergeant, or maybe even 
a father admonishing. But I want you to take seriously these moments because it is, I have seen it as pastor, as a pastor through the years. I have seen people that believed a lie quit. Quit. And don't serve God today. Some of them are not even alive. Number one, they either did not know who they were following. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. In other words, they didn't know who labored among them because they wasn't around. They took it casually. Or they were trying to manipulate to set their own agenda. Now, I can't discern that. God does. I don't discern that. God has to. There are some things God doesn't tell me. I'm amazed that he doesn't. <laughs> you are too. How many of you ever wondered, God, why did that happen? Why did that happen? Well, it ain't none of, you know, none of your business. <laughs> and if I did tell you, you'd get it all messed up because you can't understand it. So he doesn't tell me everything. Y'all better be glad he doesn't tell me everything. Okay, so this candle has a potential, but until it's lit, it gives off no light. All right. Now, Psalms 18. Go with me to Psalms 18. I know where it's, it's more like a Bible study, but I, I, want, you to, I want you to get that. I, I, I love the times when we're jumping up and down and hollering and hooping and everything. I love that because you all like me. Whenever I have to do what I'm doing today, I have to crucify my flesh to do so. Turn to your neighbor and say, we're glad to get rid of your flesh, Pastor Ronnie. <laughs> okay. Proverbs 8, I mean Psalms 18. Listen to Psalms 18, verse 28. For thou will light my candle. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. Amen. God will enlighten my darkness. How does he do that? How does God light my candle? My spirit man. Okay? Go with me to Isaiah. We're going to get, we're going to get there. Go with me to Isaiah chapter 60. Probably you've never flipped through the Bible this often. But I'm going to make you familiar with how to find stuff. Chapter 60, verses 1 and 2. Arise and shine, for thy light is come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. 
and the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and the Gentiles shall come to thy light. Now, I want to I help you to see something right here. In the New Testament, it says, you were created by God, and you were created for God. You had nothing to do with being born. God didn't even ask you permission. And I promise you, your parents did not have you on their mind when you was conceived. So this was a God thing, even if they had other intentions. Are you all here? Even illegitimately pregnant pregnancies. Listen carefully. It is not the child's fault for those things because they had no intention. But God, but God, but God had you in mind. And you were created by him and you were created for him. And he is to be the flame in your spirit to enlighten your life. Glory to God. So I want to get I want to get rid of all the stigma of the condemnation of the devil about why you're here and how you got here and all the nonsense that people ask questions that they ain't even ready to understand. God ordained you. Glory to God. If you will let God who created you light your candle then you will be able to see the obstructions of the darkness that covers the earth and gross darkness that covers the people. I make a statement. I don't say it braggadociously. I say it with confidence. I finally understand. It took me probably decades to get to this level of confidence and understanding. I was designed for this moment. Yes. Amen. Yes. Now, and, and, and it wasn't me designing me. It was God designing me. You follow? I want you to get that. I'm, 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 talking, I'm saying it from my standpoint because I can't say it from your standpoint. You follow what I'm saying? I want you to get the same message. Your life is not trying to do the best you can and and then trying to get God to help you to do it. Your life was ordained by God, but you can depart from that faith in a generation that is insincere, has the wrong motives, has the wrong belief system, and get seduced by it until you deviate God's calling and purpose for your being. 
You can deviate from it. And it starts with believing the wrong stuff. Listen, nobody intends to believe the wrong stuff. Nobody. It wouldn't be seduction if you knew it was a lie. Are you following me? So the source of your information and, and the information itself needs to be scrutinized. Is someone, now listen carefully, this even, this, let's take it out of just everyday life and politics and all that, and let's put it right square in the church because this is where the problem is. Listen very, very carefully what I'm going to say because if you don't listen to it correctly, you're going to think I said something I did not say. You are not called to a church for convenience. Or for the size. You're called to that church by God for the truth. If that means travel, I travel. You see, a, a lot of people think, well, you know, I just, I, I go there because it's convenient. That may have been your intent. But God draws you there so you learn the truth if it's Bible-believing. If it's Bible-believing, then the devil led you. If it's not Bible-believing, then the devil led you there. Well, that really went good. If they don't preach and teach the Bible, then God didn't lead you there. The devil did. And you, you, you would have thought, well, I, I'm there because it's right down the road. See, you went there for convenience. Are y'all following what I'm saying? Zona, you really got to, you got to carry me out of here quick. <laughs> You've got to make sure, because if not, it's going to determine whether your, whether your belief system is based on the Bible, the word of truth, or is it based upon just religious activity? Is it based upon, you know, I had a good time? Good times are not sufficient in the foxhole. Listen, anybody, military people, raise your hand. Did they train you for a good time? Or did they train you for war? I hope those that have retired or out of the military now understand that you wasn't brought into the military to be propagandized with wokeism. You were trained for one thing to be defenders of our freedom. So they didn't train you for convenience. When they woke you up at 4 o'clock in the morning and said, get your gear on, we're going to go hiking for about 10 miles. And by the way, we're going to run. They didn't ask you if you felt like it. <laughs> you were in training for something different. You follow? That's what God is doing with the church in this generation. We're here to have an influence. 
Some people don't want, oh, I don't want that pressure, Pastor Ronnie. That means I got to live it. You're in training to influence a generation that's lost in darkness. You, you, you understand? Don't you care about people? I've had people tell me, well, I don't care what anybody thinks. Well, you selfish pig. You better care what people think because what they think is what they're going to believe and what they believe can send them straight to hell. Do not pass go and do not collect $200. Now, what they think does not make my decisions. That's true. Because me and God make those decisions. But you better be concerned about what people think. Our nation is in trouble because many of us never cared what people think. I care what your kids think. I care what your grandkids think. I care what your uncles and nieces and nephews and, and aunts think. I care what your mom and dad thinks. I care what they think. Am I flawless? No. If I need to repent, I'll repent. If I need to repent publicly, I'll repent publicly. But I want to live a life that has an influence pointing people to Jesus. You understand? That's what you're here for. That's what you're here for. You're not here to do your own thing and then try to do everything you can to manipulate God to bless it. Please do not misunderstand. You are here to find out what the will of God is. We've all done it. Sometimes we come in with a preconceived idea. I love you. I had some preconceived I used to listen to Kenneth Copeland when he was on the radio. All right, I this is the last place we'll turn to today. And so I listened to him in prayers to just to minutes. get mad at him. Luke chapter 11. I had preconceived ideas. And he challenged me and challenged me and challenged me. I want to tell That's all I can remember him ever preaching. But Kenneth Copeland challenged me in a different level. In other words, I wasn't believing it now because my dad believed it. I'm believing it now because I am investigating. Are y'all following? Big difference. I'm finding out for myself. And so I, have, I, I misunderstood things. I had preconceived ideas. Sometimes I judge God by an experience. Don't look at me like that. You're doing it right now. 
You cannot judge God by experience because you can experience your wrong believing. You absolutely know God by His Word. And if you believe the Word of God, then you'll start experiencing God. If you believe a lie, you're going to experience that lie. And now you cannot hold God accountable for what you believed. You have to hold yourself accountable. Am I making sense? Watch this. Luke chapter number 11. Look at verse 33. No man putteth it in a secret place, neither under a bushel, or, but on a candlestick, that they which come, which come in may see the light. The light means understanding. The light of the body is the eye. In other words, what causes you, your body to be able to discern, don't go this way, go this way, is because of what you see. You follow? Everybody with that? <clears throat> Therefore, or because of this, when thy to the right or to the left, and so on and so forth. Everybody with that? But if you don't know it's there, you can't perceive it, you can't see it, you don't that you got to turn. Walking under the eye of your spirit man or your mind, if its intentions is to know the truth, God, he would. He and his word are one and the same. Cannot separate them. So if you read what God has to say in the word, what God has to say, I didn't say what somebody else said God said. If you read what God has to say, then that will light your spirit to give you discernment and understanding on what to choose and how to discern the choices you make. You follow? Okay. Now, if I can start off desiring to want to know the truth, but then I can get to the point that fallen human pride gets puffed up in me until I don't think I have to learn much. I've already learned it. At that point now, this is what happens. At that point, this candle starts, this light, this flame starts having pressure put on it. And guess what happens? It goes out. Are you saying, Pastor Ronnie, that people that got saved and asked Jesus into their heart, they became unsaved? I'm not going to say that, but I am going to say this. There's a lot of Christians making a lot of stupid choices that the Word of God's not leading them into. 
You know why? Because they got their understanding, their discernment off of something else. They didn't watch what they were listening to and how they heard it. Now I'm gonna make I'm gonna I'm gonna make some statements, give you an example of what I'm talking about. Prophecy has to be judged. Most Christians don't know that. Most Christians don't do it. Most Christians get caught up with the excitement that God had them to call me out and prophesy to me. Sonny, you better come cook. You have to judge prophecy. You have to judge it. And how do I judge it? I judge it with the Word of God. If I cannot dis- distinguish it, I put it on the shelf. And let time and consistency prove it. There are, listen, we haven't got there yet. But there are other verses in the New Testament that says this. There will be many false prophets in the last days. Many. How are you going to know the difference? The Word of God is the discerner of the thoughts and the intents. Jim Jones appeared good until he did away with the Bible. Are y'all, are y'all following what I'm saying? We live in this time. Give it to me in the Passion Translation, please. We're almost through. God's hearing your prayers. I know that this is tough, but I, listen. Do you live in a soft world? You live in a, in a tough world. Then you need to toughen up on some of your sermons. That's how come some of God's people voted wrong. Is what I'm telling you right now. Do you know that Jesus said in the last days that if it was possible, if it was possible, the devil would appear as an angel of light. And if it were possible, he would deceive the very elect of God. That's in the last days. Read it, Pastor Ronnie. No one would think of lighting a lamp and then hiding it in the basement where no one would benefit. A lamp belongs on a lampstand where all who enter may see its light. The eyes of your spirit Allow revelation light to enter into your being. When your heart is open, the light floods in. That means humility. Everybody say humility. God, teach me, train me. 
Develop me. I never want to get to the point that I'm not humble before you. Correct me. Change me. Instruct me. If nothing else, rebuke me. But don't let me go down the paths of unrighteousness. When the heart is opened, the light floods in. And when your heart is hard and closed, the light cannot penetrate and darkness takes its place. Open your heart and consider my words. Watch out that you do not mistake your opinions for revelation light. If your spirit burns with light, fully illuminated with no trace of darkness, you will be a shining lamp reflecting rays of truth by the way you live. Wow. By the way you live. Now, Jesus, how do I... I'm going to pray this over you right now. Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 1. Verses 16. I'm just going to pray it over. You don't have to turn there unless you want to or you make note, whatever. Verse 16. Paul said the church at Ephesus. And by the way, Ephesus was a church that worshipped, I mean, it was Ephesus, the city, worshipped other gods until Paul got there. Okay? So, there were, they were in a bunch of goofy stuff. All right, verse 16. Paul said, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give uh, you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Listen carefully. Not knowledge about him, but the knowledge of him, what he knows. The eyes of your understanding. So we see right here, this matches with what we were reading over there in Luke chapter number 11. The eyes of your understanding. So he wasn't talking about the eyeball. He's talking about the eyes of your understanding. Being enlightened by what God knows that you don't know. That you may know what is the hope of His calling and what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? We talk about everything that we've inherited from Jesus, but I want you to know he inherited you. You are part of his inheritance. You belong to him. My life is not my own. My life is hid with Christ in God. You want to make Jesus the Lord of your life, then make Him Lord of your life. But when you do, you're, you are surrendering yourself to Him. Thereby, I don't use our gatherings to get information to do my own thing. You cannot take 
the principles of God's Word and do your own thing. You take the principles of God's Word to do His thing. Now y'all love me so much I couldn't preach this at any other church. They'd probably run me out on a rail. I know you're looking for the rail. <laughs> but you got to think about what we're talking about. This is not the time to be casual about nothing. This is the time to be diligent. The king of glory is coming in. And he's going to put out the candle of the wicked. But the candle of the righteous, he's going to light. And we're going to shine and the whole world's going to see it. The contrast is here. Do you realize there are whole churches believe that a man can be a woman if they want to? There are whole churches believe that. And we're supposed to we're supposed to compromise and say you're going to go to heaven. Jesus said you I mean Paul said you can't even enter into the kingdom of God without such belief. This is serious business, folks. You got to think about the you got to think about heaven eternity is a long time. He said, Pastor Ronnie, you kind of putting it out there where where there's no compromise. Finally you got it. Finally, you got it. There is no compromise. There's right and there's wrong. There's truth, there's a lie. There's heaven, there's hell. And you got to choose which one you're going to listen to. And you got to discern when the devil's trying to seduce you to believe that lie. Here's what I hear Christians say all the time. You can stand with me now, you know my intentions. I intend to quit. (laughs) I have whole, I have everybody, a whole generation now only talks about the love of God. Now listen, God is love. How many of you say amen to that? You ought to say, preach it again, Pastor Ronnie. But he is also truth. And you cannot separate the two. You cannot take love over truth. To do that, you would have to divide God. By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. Not by mercy and a lie. By mercy and truth. We live in a time where truth is precious and truth is crying in the streets. And people are saying, what is truth? Well, it's my belief. No, it isn't. It's not your belief. It's the truth. People will believe the truth when they're presented with the truth. They won't believe the truth if the seduction of a lie appears to be truth. You follow? 
Thank you, Jesus. All the paths. All. This is found in Psalms. All the paths. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth. We live in a time where God's revealing His truth. And the church has to be the starting point. The church is revealed in the book of uh, Ephesians as the pillar and the ground of truth. Are you following what I'm saying? I know that. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. Sonia, you got to come help me close it out somehow. Jesus said, if, if the blind lead the blind, they both fall in a ditch. This is called tough love. Yep. It's called tough love. Why? Because he doesn't want any of us falling into the ditch. Today's a day of new beginnings. Right. Today is the day that we start to learn and continue to learn how we are to rule and reign. And how we rule and reign is with the truth, the Word of God. Amen? I want to do something that's a little bit... If God has ministered to you through this Word, I want you to get up here now. Well, what will others think? We don't care in this sense. It's about what God is telling us as individuals. You know, I was presented several weeks ago with something, and it didn't have anything to do with me. It did not have anything to do with me. And it was somebody that had, had, was talking to somebody else. And again, listen carefully. It had nothing to do with me. They were not pointing fingers to anybody certain. They weren't, they weren't calling me out. They weren't saying. And, but they were saying a truth that had uh, something that had offended them. And as this individual was telling me the situation because of... of well, they were in a position they had to tell us. And I looked at them and I said, oh my God, that was me. That was me that did that. And it just hurt my heart so bad. But that I had brought that offense to somebody. Well, time didn't, you know, if you don't take care of things, time will get a hold of you. And I didn't, I didn't take care of that right away. But I said, you know what? I cannot let that go. So I met with this individual and I, and I told, repeated the situation. And they understood why I had to know. And this is what this, it was a, 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 a girl, a lady. And she said, that wasn't you. It wasn't me that brought the official offense. But those words had crossed my mind to this individual before. You got to get it right. You got to keep it right. If you've messed up, fess up. Let's get it going. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? I'm free. 
Thank you, Jesus. And I did. I, I didn't say, oh, well, thank God that wasn't me. Oh, man, you know, let's, get, let's go on, you know. Oh, my. You know, I could have. See, that would have been pride, though. That's, yeah. that, that's, the, that's, the, that's the deception, the subduc subduction of fallen human nature. You, 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 that's why you cannot tolerate it. No. You cannot tolerate it. No. You have to deal with it, root it out. I mean absolutely slay that lying devil that's in your flesh because he'll lead you in the paths of unrighteousness. Yes. And, and it'll, program your, it'll program your emotions and your feelings and your thoughts. And then it'll, it'll, it'll convince you that every decision you make is right and everybody else is wrong. There's only one that's right. That's Jesus right. said there's only one that's righteous. That's right. And he said that's God. That's right. And that's why, it, it, that's why fallen human nature is so deceptive to us. That's why we learn Christ. To learn Christ, we have to, we have to be humble. Lord, whatever you say, yeah. whatever you say, whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to do. Yeah. If it means publicly I have to get down and, 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 and humble myself publicly, I'll do it. Yeah. I just want truth in my life yeah. because that's what sets me free. Mercy doesn't set me free. Mercy doesn't even go to work until truth is acknowledged. Yeah. I'm going to tell you that right now. A lot of people are pleading mercy without ever dealing with truth. Yeah. And in reality, you have to deal with truth, then mercy can kick in. That's what triggers mercy. Ask David. Go back and read David. The prophet called him out. Here he's sitting on the throne and could have had the prophet slain. Do you know what David reacted? My God, that's me. And he fell on the mercy of God because he acknowledged truth. Do you understand what we're talking about? It's very important you deal with this now because judgment begins at the house of God. And then it ripples into society. I'm sorry. It, I, the passion of what I, where we're at has gotten a hold of me. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. But what I did was I continued in a heart of humility. Because I don't want to continue in that route. Well, thank God that wasn't me. No. I had to ask for forgiveness. Don't get me wrong, I was grateful it wasn't me. But at the same time, I was humbled and asked for forgiveness. Not only on that, but anything else that I've done to, to offend. If we do not deal with the truth, then we're going to keep going until we fall into the ditch. Right. And God is not wanting us to fall into the ditch. Exactly. Glory to God. Let's just pray. Just, just submit this to God. Because you know what this was going? What goes on when you began to get in pride, and even if, you're neg if, even if you were wrong, and, and somebody doesn't... Well, let me give you this. Just a minute, we'll pray. You can get into resentment. 
resentment to all those around you. But what's even worse than that? It'll go up towards God. And when you begin to resent God, you're not listening to God. When you expected God to do something and he didn't do it fast enough, soon enough, or the way you thought, you can end up resenting him. You just bring that before God. He can handle that truth. Thank you, Jesus. He already knows it, but you need to come up with it. Come up and, and confess it to him. Now, Father, we do. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we love you this morning, Lord Jesus. And we thank you, Father God, that you love us enough to give us the truth. Even when it's, it, it seems like a hard truth, Lord God. Lord, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus. You tell, teach and show each and every one of us where this hard truth, what seems to be a hard truth, has hit us as individuals. Because we don't want to blow this off to someone else, Lord God. We want to go forward in the things that you have for us. Even if it means that it's hard to take Jesus. We humble ourselves now before you, Lord God. We thank you that you love us enough to tell us the truth. We thank you, Lord, because we, we repent of wrong thinking. We repent of wrong believing. Thank you, Jesus. We repent of wrong acting and reacting, Lord God. We, we want to respond to your word with humility, Lord. Expose any prideful, anything prideful that's within us, Lord God. We repent right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we love you and we thank you for that love that you love us with, Lord Jesus. That we can go forward as clean and as pure before you, Lord God. Because we have a humble heart. We present it to you, Lord Jesus. Now, Father, I thank you for these individuals here. Each and every one of us, Lord God, that we can come clean before you, Lord Jesus. And because we can come clean before you, we will see you, Lord God. Oh, we thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for pure hearts, pure, you, pure minds, yes. pure motives, yes. Lord. We thank you, Lord God, that you are your word. You are that discerner of our thoughts and intents, Lord Jesus. Oh, Father, we just thank you for thank it, you, Lord Jesus. God. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you for it, Lord Jesus. Thank just you, give Jesus. him thanks. Thank you, Jesus. He loves us thank you, Jesus. with an everlasting love. Glory to God. Glory he loves God. us. Glory to God. Beyond what you could even think or ask. He wants to do a work in us that's above anything that we can ask or think, but it's going to be according to the power that worketh in us. Those of you that, that are here this morning, God is working a power in you to deliver you from wrong believing, wrong thinking, wrong actions. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Say it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory, Glory to, to God. God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Guys, don't forget to sign up. And if you're not registered to vote, get registered to vote. 
you can. And couples, don't forget married couples to register. I want to make a correction here because when I got up and announced it last week, I announced it that Monday was the deadline because I thought Monday was the fourth. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> Today's a deadline. Pray blessing over them. Father, we thank you, Jesus, as we leave this place, Lord God. We are blessed. We're, we're covered with your precious blood, Lord Jesus. We thank you for the angels that encamp round about us, Lord God. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are our healer and we are healed in the name of Jesus. We thank you that we can hear your voice and, and another we won't follow. Lord, we just love you and we give you thanks for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. I'd like to say thank you for all those who give and support this ministry. I pray that you've been blessed and challenged by the podcast today. For more information on how to give, you can visit omegachurch.com forward slash give. Thank you for believing in our mission.